Hey, this is Angela, and you're listening to the Casually Spiritual Podcast. Hey everyone, Alec here, bringing you the next episode of the Casually Spiritual Podcast, a show where we share the lives of everyday people living an everyday life in faith. Today, I have Angela and her husband, Shad. They're the Ekstroms, and they're people that I met when I first moved to Tulsa. They were involved in the junior high ministry, and they helped me get plugged in. And I've always admired them for just how they lead their family, how genuine they are to people. But one day I found out that their life wasn't all this great peachy thing, at least from the beginning, that Angela actually had a difficult life kind of growing up, but God's managed to use her. God has taken her places that I would have never saw coming, and she definitely didn't. And so I just wanted to take an opportunity to talk to her about how she got to where she is. Because I think a lot of us get intimidated by our own past, by who we were, and that we can never see the future and the plan that God has. But Angela is proof that God really can use anyone. So here's my conversation with Angela and her husband, Chad. All right. I am so excited. Like I always say, this time I'm extra excited because Angela is here. Angela, say hello. Hello. And her husband, Chad, is here in the back. Chad, if you can yell. Hello. Did you get that, David? Yeah. Very good. Very good. Very good. Um, yeah. Just like the intro said, uh, Angela is a... Are we? Would you you consider this like a friendship? Cause yeah. Like we're, I, don't, I don't know how to like say I'm friends with like adult adults. Because um, it feels weird. Acquaintance doesn't feel close enough. Yeah. Uh huh. That's so nice. But uh, friendship probably implies that we talk all the time, which we don't. Exactly. But, but I think it's cool that we've stayed yeah, in touch. Like we it's care awesome. about each other. And yeah. You, I see Shad more than you. So that's right. But you know, Shad's just gonna be in the back. Shad's gonna critique. So, but he makes me feel safe and comfortable that he's Thumb, here. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. I'll let you know. <laughs> Chad's going to leave a review on this episode and just be like, this lady needs to stop talking. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, man. 20 years, man. You've been married for 20 years? 20. Do you, yeah. Have you enjoyed all of them? No. Dang. This is going very Do badly. people it's say yes real, to that? It's a real marriage. You, 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 know? I, you know, and you know, I go to weddings like, you know, every other week. I have a yeah. wedding. I have a wedding next week at the time of recording. Like literally going to a wedding next week, but like they always do. Like if you've been dating or married for this long yes. and this long, and you get to people that's been married for like eighty years, like, and so there's always like two kind of like old dudes. One of them's just like you gotta listen to her and always you know love her, and the other, yeah. and then you get the other old guys that's like actually has like character, and he's all like, I don't know, you just gotta shut up. <laughs> like those are my favorite old guys. Well, anything worth doing is gonna be hard. There's going to be ups and downs with it, so I'm certainly glad I'm married. Yes. You're glad you're married, right, I'm Shad? very glad I'm married. I'm glad I'm married, but anyone who says, oh, these 20 have been great, whatever, you're stupid, <laughs> or lying or something. I they're senile, know. and they forgot that it was bad. Yeah, they're lying. Yeah. What they're doing. I mean, if you think about it, it's the bad stuff that produces sometimes the very best in the relationship, but you have to go through the crap first, so... She's already, you're already dropping wisdom. This is awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, but you've been married years. for 20 years. Uh, you have how many children at this point in your life? Uh, let's see. One, two. Oh, yeah, that. Three, Don't four, run out of fingers. Five. five. <laughs> how many do you feed? <laughs> five. Yes, still. So if any of them listen to this, I want them to know that Colin <laughs> is in my top four. <laughs> so, I tell them all each that they're my favorite. Oh. Separately and privately. I was hoping you'd tell... Wink, wink, you're my favorite. Separately, you tell them you're not the favorite. No. no. And they need to conspire. 
they're all my favorite in their mm-hmm. own way. What are the what are the age gaps on them? Well, I've got an 18, 17, 16. We were scared straight for a while. And then I have an <laughs> almost 11 and a 10-year-old. Uh, our 10-year-old came to us uh, from the beautiful gift of adoption. Does he know he's adopted? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I was like, what if he listens to this podcast? <laughs> no, he, he knows we've never wanted to um, there to be any... Um, deceit or anything around it because that implies a secret implies there's something wrong oh and there's nothing wrong with it it's awesome and it's Mm -hmm. a gift and it's special and we had to work a whole lot harder to get him than any of the other four um frankly i mean (laughs) i guess that makes sense it's a a lot more work to walk through adoption Mm -hmm. and we know his birth mother his birth mother is actually shad's sister my sister okay yeah i thought y'all were like family yeah 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 so she actually comes and stays with us now uh a weekend here and there. That's where we that. progressed in the relationship. Didn't start out that way. Mm-hmm. You have to fight hard and work hard to get that kind of health. So mm-hmm. she's in a good place and we're grateful for it. And oh, that's awesome. Grateful that we can make a space where when he's ready, if he wants to ask deeper questions, he can. Yeah. It starts with some sort of foundation. We don't want mm-hmm. him wondering and having to fill in the gaps. So as he asks yeah. questions, we answer him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah. So, yeah. He's, uh, he's in my top five for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely talked to the least. Collins in my top four. I think Bren might rank higher than him. <laughs> but I think Reagan might rank lower than Collins. So, I don't know. Actually, Reagan's probably Addison might be listen. my favorite because she's never like done anything to me. So <laughs> I think she's actually just looked at me and that's it. Yeah. I'm like, this is fine. This is, a, this is where we'll keep this. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, five kids. But how did you grow up as a kid? Let's, all, let's go to background first. Yeah. How many of there are you? Uh, there are three of me. I'm the youngest of three. I've got two older brothers. Oh, they're dudes. Yeah. For some reason I just thought you'd be an all sister family. Oh, really? Yeah. No. I feel like you're in touch. Actually, this might make more sense. Yeah. You're gritty. Yeah. Can I say that? Would you agree with that? Gritty? That's the word I use. Really? Yeah. We are so in sync. That's right now. really, really funny. That's this is the awesome. way I describe what I love about ministry. It's the way I describe my personality. I think it's an an adjective that someone on staff used a few months ago as I was sharing my story with them. And I was okay. like, that's the word. That's what it is. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm attracted to. I never could describe what I was attracted to in ministry. And that's it. So I grew up in uh, not a big family, but my parents were married for about 20 years before they got divorced. Mm-hmm. And thank God they got divorced because uh, it was pretty rough. Wow. Um, dysfunctional home. Uh, my dad uh, has struggled with drugs and addiction mm-hmm. pretty much my whole life. Um, so from as far back as I can remember, um, just this sort of unsettled confusion in mm-hmm. the home, chaos to some degree, yeah, of just a lot of circumstances I couldn't control. Okay. So um, cops at my house on some sort of a regular basis, mm-hmm. an ambulance for this or that, dad's issues sort of ruled yeah. uh, the home. Yeah. So it was a chaotic environment, and you weren't in control as a little kid. You know, on most of our episodes, we've had people with pretty easy or pretty nicer, like, growing lives. We have one episode where somebody did grow up pretty rough. Yeah. And so you kind of fall into that category of, you know, family life wasn't a Christian home life. Family life was something rocky, something hard. Um, like, in that time, emotionally, like, did you, like, not, did you love your family at the time? Or do you honestly think, like, you didn't like your family? Love my dad. Okay. Love my family. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's, I think, probably one of the hard things is I wasn't personally, like, abused. Mm-hmm. So I don't see my family that way or see my dad that way. Okay. But um, you kind of, in a sense, I think when I was young, I kind of knew it was off and it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, like, wasn't normal because I didn't tell people about it. Yeah. 
Um, but it's your normal. Yeah. A lot you know of, what I mean? It's yeah. like, you just kind of like, is this, you, you sort of understand mm-hmm. like when you tell people about your childhood, they're like, wow, that's crazy. You were rolling joints at 12. That's <laughs> weird. I'm like, was it? It felt really <laughs> kind of, I don't know. Like a Saturday. You just threw that out there and it's yeah. like, hold on. Like yeah. if I'm listening to this, I would definitely like, you know, rewind 30 <laughs> seconds. Did she say that? Like, is that a joke? Uh, Turn yeah. this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just kind of along with, you know, when my parents got divorced, I think I was like, 13 maybe 12 I can't remember now but around <laughs> that time so I would go visit dad mm-hmm. and then you know I lived with my mom were and, those two like different situations whenever oh yeah you visit? okay yeah so I mom mean, mom was pretty like normal then oh my said? mom my mom or is everyone wonderful. else is normal okay but you but but you have to imagine you're with someone who's in such a crisis uh-huh. for 20 years wow why Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, I wouldn't say, oh, it's totally healthy over there on that side. There wasn't drugs. There was, mm-hmm. I wasn't seeing things I shouldn't see. There weren't strange friends around or what, whatever. But that's kind of what I got on my dad's side of okay. things. And I loved my dad. And I loved going to hang with him for weekends or whatnot. He actually lived with my grandma. So it was a pretty cool okay. uh, environment. But his, you know, extracurricular activities <laughs> were getting together with the buddies and everyone's getting high in the room and we're listening to Pink Floyd and I'm just like a teenager and I'm just thinking is this this is probably not normal but but for you it is yeah I I think I think that's cool I I know that's weird it's cool your dad's on drugs no um, uh, no but a lot of people we like whatever we take we don't we even if we know it's off we don't think it as crazy as other people when we tell them because like people don't know about me like my you know I I don't come from like a broken home, but you yeah. know, my parents are divorced and a lot of people don't know that about me that like my dad, I just call him my dad, but he's yeah. my stepdad. Cause you know, that's yeah. how I see him as my dad. Um, but people are just like, wait, what? Or like I have other siblings that live across the country and they're like, Oh yeah, I just, you know, but you never mentioned it. It's like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I didn't think it was anything. It's just to me, it's normal. Yeah. And so I, I think that's hap- I think that's really cool that you're able to see it that way. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. this is weird, but it's me. So he, he dealt with so much that was way worse than just getting high. So I guess I look at that as the really calm portions of it. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. he struggled with suicide and just various things that are just crazy. Yeah. Just crazy talk, just mm-hmm. stuff that shouldn't happen in a family. So coming out of that, I had a strong desire to have a functional, happy family. Yeah. I, when I, when I think about my family, I think about legacy change. That's I'm thinking awesome. breaking the bonds of divorce, mm-hmm. breaking the bonds of addiction. You know, Shad's from a broken home, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh-uh, ain't going to be us. There's like six ain't of them? Ain't going to be us. Yeah. Yeah, there was six of us. I'm I'm the oldest of six, but uh, my mom and my dad, there was only two of us. They had two children together. Um, but, yeah, my my childhood with him was a mess. Okay. It was uh, where hers was a lot of emotional uh, abuse and stuff that she had to see. Mine was more on the physical side. Okay, yeah. And even then, I mean, she talked in the beginning just how, you know, how loving, how big your family is now. And I think most people, when they see successful families, honestly, that's how I saw a lot. And I almost, for me, it's almost hard to see, like, the best families come from the best families. And I think it's really hard for a lot of us to, like, even think the idea, like, this person doesn't know, like, how did that happen? And so, and that's really cool. For both of y'all, from from Angela, your childhood, you know, dealing with that, you know, it did that carry over into how you lived your life then. Like, you know, as a teenager, yeah. I believe like this actually, you started kind of doing the same lifestyle as your dad then. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard not to. Okay. It's kind of hard not to. I mean, I still remember getting high with my dad. I mean, try that one on. That's some freaky crap. Um, But I I had just this instinct in me. I knew I had to move out Mm -hmm. if I was going to graduate. I was just getting into trouble. And so I ended up at 17 uh, moving in with a cousin out of state. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a pretty headstrong person for a long time. So when I wanted to leave, I, I hired an attorney and what? Oh, did you had emancipate? My, I didn't emancipate, okay. but I did it in a way where my parents would have had to go out of state. Mm-hmm. So, um, I said, okay, I'm leaving now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did, I, I moved to another state and at least graduated, but it's amazing how no matter where you move, what you're doing will find you. It's it's uh-huh. it's not your locale. It's not just your friends that you're hanging with. And that was my thought at the time is I've got to get out of town or else I'm not going to graduate and I'm not going to have a future. And I left town, luckily graduated, but then there was still all the junk that found me. Yeah, like, so like you were doing drugs basically mm-hmm. in teenage years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I guess morals or conscience saying, no, let's not do this. Let's, yeah. And people say like, you know, change up and you tried, but yeah. that's not well, how that's easy it went. Well, that's the crazy thing. I mean, there was always this sort of knowing in my heart. My grandmother was a Christian. I had an auntie who uh, ended up passing of brain cancer when I was 16. Diehard Christian. I had some of those influences, even though I wasn't raised in the church. Uh-huh. Um, Did- so I all I can say is I just felt like I had a knowing that God was there. Okay. But no direct call to action, I guess you could say. Does that make sense? Yeah, at least the foundations of what your faith is, you could link it potentially yeah. to that. Like some, like way down the road, though, somehow yeah. this was gonna that was gonna help you, which it sounds like it did. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I ended up graduating uh, from another state and then moved back to town. Didn't want to, Where are but you had from? to. Uh, I are you well, from here? I'm from here, but okay. moved to Tulsa. Nebraska. Okay, for for my oh. senior, my junior senior year, I ended up flunking ninth grade because I was messed up, and then uh, did my junior senior year in one year, so I still graduated on time. Wait, that's actually pretty hardcore. Yeah, so that that would describe my personality. So it sounds like that's kind of my intensity. You're not gritty. You're hardcore. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I wish when I say I'm going to fill the minivan, I'm going to fill the minivan. If I say, you know what I'm I've saying? I've never heard this. <laughs> yeah. Five kids, baby. <laughs> I always tell people I want a clan. So yeah. you better be careful what you ask for. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't know. Praise God. You know, either way, yeah. praise God. Yeah. So because yeah. some people I say that and, you know, maybe people are like turned off. But, you know, maybe if my wife one day is listening to this and she hears it, you know, praise yeah. God. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Um Graduate high school, moving back into town. Moved back to town. Kind of didn't want to, but um, kind of resurfaced with some similar people uh, that, uh, for you know, the reason I had left was to get away from that. Came back and look, it's all there waiting for you. Just kind of began a cycle of just sort of hanging out, which Mm -hmm. is not a good idea after you graduate. You've got to, you need to have some sort of a plan, a goal, something. So as someone who's just sort of hanging out, I ended up partying i think the entire summer i drank the summer away and i turned 18 in july like the end of the summer i was one of those young graduates i graduated when yeah I was hold on i was like hold on i think you yeah. skipped a step <laughs> no i i have a july birthday my birthday's tomorrow so oh we're oh we're recording this on july miss everybody july fun miss. fact so fun fact yeah so about two weeks after i graduated or two weeks after i turned 18 uh, the house where I was living, which was the party house for that summer, there was a drug bust and like full on like 15 cops, the whole, everything that uh-huh. you think is going to be on TV with guns blazing. That's exactly that was what your looked, house. That's exactly what it looks like. And that was just, a, uh, of course 
the beginning of changing things for me because that mm-hmm. wasn't the way I was going to live my life. It just wasn't. So, so were you arrested? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You do hard time? Uh, no, I spent a couple weekends. I had to report for a couple weekends. Okay. And a couple years probation. Is there uh, any reason why? Because everyone... No, okay. Just for like my education, like people like yeah. when you get busted for drugs, everybody imagines you're going to just jail for a hard time. Is there like was there a law or something in place or just like you know? Well, it depends on a lot of factors. Okay. Um, but I will say there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of reform that needs to happen. There's people that are in jail for some crimes that are pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So I can't say that yeah. doesn't happen mm-hmm. to some people. I think they wanted to give me a couple of weeks of jail. And I'm like, I mean, I'm squeaky clean. Like scaring you and like, uh, I'm all like right. 18. Like, mm-hmm. come on, I'm just a pup here. So honestly, they probably thought. spend a couple weekends was kind of mm-hmm. rough. So They probably didn't think, like, ah, she's been in this for a while. They probably just, oh, poor kid. Like, I don't know. They, I, but I, I'm not a no, cop. They, oh, dang. The, the system, it, it doesn't, it's not as. Uh, this is going to sound bad. It's not as fair as you think. Mm-hmm. There's things you have to say and do and that just you you have to do it. Mm-hmm. So like I had to cop to things that weren't actually. There's wow. just some unfair things. A lot of people in jail, you'll hear people say stuff like, dude, I didn't do it, though. There's some there's some reality to some of that. And I don't think you'd know that unless you'd kind of been. Through no, it not really. That. Not that. But, I, I never did. OK, so yeah. you do a couple weekends and you said this is where things had to start to change like were you going yeah. like mentally then were you starting like okay well what, i mean what were you i remember i remember spending i think it was the second weekend in jail and i got to where i was about to finally be done with this crap and i was starting to talk with some of the women and all of them had been there before and i was just like what the crap why <laughs> why would you want to go through this again my little 18 year old mind was stunned um, but of course, a lot of them had already been around the block a few times. And I'm just like, well, why are you back again? I just started asking the question. I've always been inquisitive. And they're like, oh, friends. Oh, yeah, I was just hanging out with the same people. Like every time over and over, oh, I went back to the same environment. Therefore, I got in trouble again. It was almost always because of hanging out with the wrong people. But that, that was that was my story, too. Just the minute I was I wasn't mm-hmm. selling drugs or doing any of that. But hey, I had linked myself up with people who were. That was their normal, like yeah. we talked about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, probably I'd say about a year into probation, uh, me and my pothead boyfriend uh, thought we would go see one of those church shows. Not Shad, right? Not Shad. Dang. Shad's bald. Shad so. knew me at that time. <laughs> Shad was around, dang. but he was a good guy. He was the straight. Oh, Shad was around? Yeah. Shad I w- observed. I was the one that showed up after the house had already been raided. What? Yes. <laughs> We know each other. We've known each other a long time. Was Shad doing drugs? No. no. Okay, I was like, he was the straight. This is crazy. Straight. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, yeah. So honestly, Shad's going to be a separate episode if I never get it out of him. <laughs> hey guys, sequel time. So I think it was it was Victory Church, and they were having one of those like praise God Christmas. I don't think it was. I feel like it was a Halloween thing. Did they used to do a Halloween? I don't know. Thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and I and I know there's some of that. It's like, oh, events at church, and do they? And really, he was the one that wanted to go. He's like, oh, I think they're doing a. Uh, it was an Easter or a Halloween thing. I can't remember. Your but pothead boyfriend. My pothead. Boyfriend. We're gonna call him that. No, we yes. can keep him there. Yeah, cool. And so we listened to the message or whatever, and you know that's the goal of that kind of a church event is to get people in and yeah. hear, hear a message. It's not about the show; mm-hmm. it's about getting them to hear the gospel. And it, undeniable, God was saying, "Now." It was just like overwhelming. I could feel mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit going, "It's time." 
it's now that voice that I'd kind of always felt or known. And I looked at the pothead boyfriend and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go down. Do you? Yeah, they were. Go? Yeah, because they, they do ultra calls at Victory. Yeah. And he just looked at me like I'm crazy and said, no. And uh, I was just like, because it's like, I imagine it's like one of the like, we're not those kind of people. Like, this is just for fun. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. And I went down front. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing magical. Mm-hmm. There was nothing spectacular. But it was the beginning of things changing. That's awesome. I, just something changed in my heart. And it still, it takes a little bit to unwind from some of the junk you're in, especially when you're new to faith. Yeah. It Most of the time, I mean, there are people who are miraculously just changed. But for me, it was just a really, just a little slow progression. It was just a matter of months before I was no longer with that boyfriend, before I was changing. By the time I had finished my two years probation, I was in a completely different place. That's awesome. Like, like almost like, wow, that's so weird that I was linked up with that person. Mm-hmm. That's how different it, had, it was for me. And um, I mean, I was 20. We got married at age 20. I was 20. Oh, did Chat did yeah. swoop in on the rebound, Chad honestly? Chat in. Look at that. What a guy. It can we, happen. We, we met back up, I think, after all the trouble, and he like came to my apartment. and I had a crush on Angela. I was 19, and she was 16. Yeah. Dang, bro. And we weren't together, didn't get together. She had a different boyfriend. Kind of went. What a own, gentleman, too. <laughs> kind of went her own way, but I always had her in the back of my mind and I won't tell them the ungentleman no, things. <laughs> no I just one day I just asked her brother how she was doing and he said give her a call and I gave her a call yeah. um, so, did Chad have hair back then I had hair he started losing it I after <laughs> you, high, you after made high school, him lose his hair no after no, high school blame you. He, so <laughs> I've always I known him to have flowing, a buzzed hair float, he, no, didn't, I didn't have he didn't have flowing hair <laughs> I've always wanted. I, I I've, I've just hair. always wondered. I need to see young pictures of y'all. I'll, send, I'll send you a picture. Good. You'll be shocked. Harry Shad. Well, hair on Shad. Hair. So on I, Chad. I don't. I don't know if I would advocate getting married so quickly. But oh, that's a hot. Ta- Honestly, but that's, that's the most I mean, controversial age, thing you can say. I mean, on this like, podcast. listen. <laughs> I think there's such beauty in two people who love Christ, growing mm-hmm. and learning about Him together. But man, if you are not grounded in Him, it's it's really just an absolute miracle and just a, his mercy that we're together those so, first five years yeah. were whoo into prob- ending probation and shad's in your life now mm-hmm. so that means how, how long did y'all date uh not long because we knew each other okay people people love love stories here so yeah well i mean how long, long. like a few months yeah like i knew him and Ah, uh, see, so you told people don't marry young, but you're telling them don't date that long. Okay, you made yourself better. I don't no. think it makes a difference. I think you can yeah. date someone for two years and it be a totally crappy marriage because at the end of the day, it's are you are you serving Christ? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not, good luck. Mm-hmm. If you're going into the marriage for someone else to complete you, that's so romantic, but such a pile of crap. <laughs> There is no other human being that's going to complete you and that's right. just satisfy the depths of just the emotional needs that I mm-hmm. just think even a woman has. Like if you're going to look look to your husband to satisfy that, there is that to some degree, but it's your heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, when people fail you, he won't. Yeah. He won't. That's so good. And so, Yeah. Were you going to church events? Like after after that one event where you gave your life? Uh, I didn't plug in, but definitely by the time we were married, that's I arrived at church on the move, age twenty, just mm-hmm. getting off probation, newly saved, newly married, mm-hmm. 
And within that first five years, we're popping out babies left and right. <laughs> Praise I mean, God. It's really just a, a, an absolute miracle that we even, because mm-hmm. we both brought so much baggage yeah. into it. But I don't know, for me, just that coming out of my childhood, coming out of that two years probation or whatever, it was this little taste mm-hmm. of something I didn't want to do again. Just yeah. this little, little taste, little, yeah. little something. Um, and so I just completely went a different direction. Mm-hmm. And the way I've looked at it is I've, I've went this other direction. I've stayed with the Lord ever since and just grown through a lot of different things. Definitely wasn't doing it perfect um, for some time, but I've always kind of wondered in the back of my mind, why did that have to happen? Mm-hmm. And it took, it took quite a while to kind of move past that because why did I just so innocent have to get in trouble to yeah. learn? Why do I have to go through that pain? Why do I have that ding on my criminal record forever? Yeah. You know, forever. Why? Mm-hmm. And it, that's really only been made, made more sense as of late. That's really only made yeah. more sense now that I'm 40, which is just stupid. But I'm talking to my students because, you know, you know, I'm a small group leader, which we'll get into. That's pretty much how we know each other. But like talking to them and it's, you know, some of them have conditions. Some of them have things that they've gone through and it's talking to them about the fact that, you know, God's going to use that as part of your testimony. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's not from God. It's and it's like it's and this is the thing that I've I struggle with, not in a bad way, but in a this is something I just have to talk to God about one day for me to understand. It's like, okay. Whatever condition or whatever thing you went through is not from God, and it's not the plan of God, but God's going to use that to glorify him, and God's going to use that you know, to help you, but it was not part of his plan, and it's yeah. not from him. And that's so hard f- for me to understand like how that makes sense, because like, that's the truth of it. Yeah. The bad things aren't from God, but he's going to use it, and yeah. it's not part of his plan, but it is something he's going to use. So yeah. I don't know. It made me think of that and the way you're talking about it. Like you don't know. And it's like, I definitely don't know. So even the small things. I, th- I thought maybe it gave me an edge on ministry with teenagers. Mm-hmm. I love the gritty nature of teenagers. Yeah. Just they're sort of, um, I say mask off, but then again, they're also a peculiar bunch of people, mm-hmm. but you could, they would hear like, Oh, you didn't grow up in church. Oh, you had kind of a rough upbringing. Like people like and teenagers they, it, love it, that. Yeah. Like it, it <laughs> helped me connect with them. And so I just thought, okay, well maybe that gives some reason and some purpose behind why, because I had went such a different direction that it didn't make sense and it didn't fit into casual church lady conversation. And, um, I almost was kind of became embarrassed of it. I'm like, I don't want to tell anyone I got in trouble. Like that's yeah. kind of a bummer. I mean, I have to say it at every job interview already. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind Why'd of Why'd you check this box? So. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. weird that we have two different... Because I definitely like with that box. Like, oh, well, that's an easy no. Oh, I can skip two more questions on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So you kind of transitioned into church life, church on the move. Yeah. And uh, you weren't. Re- you said you weren't really plugging in before. But when you get to church on the move, uh, what... A- so first off, and I'm not trying to get a sponsor or anything, but like, yeah. what what about church on? Because a lot of times when people get saved in one place, they like to go there and they like to stay there. Just to give some input, what made you what made you like choose church on the move? Man, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I think a family member. Okay. Because I I love Victory and I love Pastor Billy Joe mm-hmm. uh, before he passed away, of course. And praise God. Um, 
the ministry that was rooted there. And what's so funny is like no one took my name that night that I gave my life to Christ. Okay. No one wrote, I wasn't accounted for. I wasn't put into some life group thing. Did we do Nothing. that? Nothing. Did they do and that? And think about them? that. Think about the seed just from that one church event yeah. from some person. They'll never know how that impacted my family and my legacy. I think that's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. It just, <laughs> to me, I look around the church and I'm like, opportunity, 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 opportunity. <laughs> that's awesome. And how many people are mm-hmm. touching that one person and then. So I think I had some family that was going there at the time. And man, when you have a a pastor like uh, Willie George, who's such a spiritual father for a lot of people, that is what I needed. Okay. I needed a spiritual father. Shad needed a spiritual father. Like, how do we act married? How do we (laughs) act like parents? How do we discipline our kids? And uh, he even talked you know, many times about his own upbringing. And that just made me totally connect with him to know that. Okay. Yeah. I think okay, I could see that. He, yeah. He gets it. Like How this guy handle? is legit. And yeah. but he came from here. Yes. He, How does he mm-hmm. handle boundaries with his parents? That's stuff I had to figure out in my okay. own life, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's, that's really what made it stick for me. Was uh-huh. that, that was, he's been the spiritual father okay. that I needed. Yeah. I didn't so, even think of that. That's cool. Yeah. And you started, um, when did you start plugging in at church when you moved to like do stuff? Oh, probably five years later. Okay. Is that more, and nowadays, like not even just church and move, but all churches, the number, like right after you get saved, you need to get baptized. Right after you get baptized, honestly, you need to start serving like right there. Yeah. And honestly, to, uh, to us Christian people, that sounds fine, but I feel like when you're newer to faith, in my opinion, that sounds so scary. Yeah. Like even when I was like a teenager, like they wanted like, hey, you know, you could start greeting. It's like. First of all, people don't even like being greeted. Like that's controversial, yeah. but honestly, people don't even like being greeted. That's a whole different conversation. But like, they want you to serve immediately, and I think that's intimidating. I I don't even remember giving it a thought, honestly. Really? Like I don't mm-hmm. even think it crossed my mind because you have to think that early in my journey, those mm-hmm. first five years, it was okay. How do I live not high? How do I live not okay? Like it, it was strange to me to hang out with friends and not drink. That's how different life yeah. was for me. Yeah. And so I, I think uh, depending on where people come from, I know some people, they come to faith and they're like, they're ready to turn around and go get everyone saved. I was ready to go get on an island, mm. wow. which I don't think is good, but that's where I was. I mm-hmm. was like, how do I not get myself in that situation again? I need to not hang out with those people. How do I make sure I'm taking care of my kids or whatever? Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of baby stepping it and learning how to walk and, and all that. And plus I was pregnant repeatedly so that's part, <laughs> part of it um but i think we had three kids by what i was age 25 i think yeah yeah man I'm telling you when yeah, i do we things went, we went I do it. <laughs> we went boom 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 yeah praise god yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's how i feel about when people talk about having children so but yeah. maybe because i'm young i don't know because every time i say that about uh, around other adults are like you don't want kids man yeah i don't know if that's a, i wonder if that's a personal thing now yeah i wonder if it's about me this is about to turn into a whole different podcast. Um, Kids are awesome. But you say, uh, so when you're going into church, that transition, it, it, I mean, it was one transition to get out of your life. Now it's another transition. And that's like a lot of your life, honestly. Like mm-hmm. from the moment you, I feel like from the moment you moved out, things were changing. You know, oh, things yeah. were not consistent. Ever. Oh, yeah. Things were, things were changing. We were finding a rhythm. But you have to think when you're like... Um, fighting all the time with your new husband and all that. We went through probably a rocky time for those first five years. And after that first five years, there was something we went through in our marriage that Mm -hmm. changed me in the best way. Mm -hmm. Um, That's when I started plugging in. God, 
I just had that real Jesus moment, as we say, where my faith became more than uh, something that was just protecting me mm-hmm. and keeping me safe in a bubble. It became um, experiential. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can know uh, scriptures, you can know God is near the brokenhearted, or you can experience the nearness of God in a broken heart. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's up to God when that happens, when it gets pushed down from your head into your heart. And so for me, it became, oh, this is... This is a relationship. Yeah. And it it's changed my walk forever. And That's I'm so awesome. grateful for it. So after that, I was there every time the doors opened. I w- started plugging in. I started getting to know people. Mm-hmm. But it came from desperation. It came from, oh, oh that- my gosh, I haven't been doing this the way that I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's great is you couldn't have told me otherwise. Wow. If you would have said, do you have a relationship with Jesus before in that five years? Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was really busy trying to, okay, don't drink. Yes. Okay. Go to church. Yes. Okay. Help be healthy for your family. Yes. It was very check mark, very because almost works. Just, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think that's a lot of times how you look at trying to stop doing the wrong thing. It, it, there are some daily disciplines. Um, so now I understand that so much better. But early mm-hmm. in the faith, I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have yeah. small groups. I didn't have... We didn't know other married people that we were mm-hmm. hanging out with. I mean, like you didn't have a support system. No, mm-hmm. no, that's why it's just grace of God that you know we've been married twenty years. Yeah, we have all that today. Mm-hmm. Um, but starting out, oh my goodness. No, I, I I think a lot when we start to do the life change because you know that life needs to change. Life start, but yeah. when we start focusing on like the stop this, stop that, a lot of those behaviors are very internal, very like me centered. Whereas yeah. it's easier, honest, like it sounds super cliche, but it's easier to like pursue Jesus than than to like stop like bad, I guess, stop sin in a way. Like it's easier to just you know it to say like you know what I'm going to like praise God instead of like cussing somebody out. Like even yeah. just that shift to say like do the things of God, not do sin, is like yeah. a lot easier. And so I think that sounds like you realize that like hold on like. It's not well, about me stopping. It's about there are a lot Jesus. of there are a lot of things that can become your god, even mm-hmm. really really good things. Yeah, and so I think because I hadn't dealt with some of the d- dysfunction of what it was to grow up in the situation that I did, I was so focused on trying to have a healthy home and family mm-hmm. that I was being unhealthy. Wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was letting that be the thing that was up on the pedestal. And mm-hmm. so in our marriage, when that was threatened, I was like, oh, my gosh. Do you feel like you were Even, doing wrong? If it wasn't working, you felt like you were doing wrong? Not necessarily that, but okay. I had this awakening where Jesus came in and just said, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not the goal. It's a goal, yeah. but that's not, that's not your savior. Mm-hmm. What, if, what if your family is dysfunctional? What if, what if your kids do screw up? What are you going to do then? So if you're building your life on that. And so I just kind of, you know, anything that you sort of value or you feel like you missed when you were growing up or whatever, I think it's easy to let that be the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'll, you know, what I talk to, I get to be a part of prison ministry today. And that's one of the things awesome. I talk to them about. Like, you know, you can make getting clean. You're so focused on getting out of prison. There's all these steps you got to go through. There's all these check boxes you got to go through. You got to do four classes a week of this. You got to go to celebrate recovery. You got to go do this. There's all these things you have to do and you can be so focused on that that getting clean will now be your god wow that's yeah i've never you know i've never heard it put that way but that's really good even the good things can take the place of relationship Mm -hmm. yeah and that's so much um 
you can't experience experience that going 90 miles an hour Mm -hmm. it's a really slow burn it's you know i see (laughs) i see people like nowadays like they feel like their life is better and the way they list it it's just like you know i'm going on now i'm serving here i'm doing this i haven't done this in a while it's like like okay is you going to church your proof of god is that like what it is and so that's something i I, you know i try to talk to people about is like because you it's it's good you've read the bible every day but like reading the bible every day isn't god like go out there and do it that's so cool Um, it's just not so black and white you mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah because even if you say it that way you're like well church isn't going to save you but i'm a huge advocate of going to church (laughs) man you need that stability and structure and that connection to community go to church there's something beautiful that happens when we gather together and worship and Mm -hmm. hear the word together it's good oh but it's not going to save you i love that you're doing a reading (laughs) plan i love the daily disciplines but you know that's not going to save you, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's yes and no. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of both yeah. in, my, in my mind. Why not both? Yeah. So, um, but wow, we really dived there. But yeah. five years, about approximately five years. Okay, cool. I, I, I think I understand Jesus more. Let's actually start plugging into church. Yeah. And you got, what'd you do? Um, I started working with little kids, which was super nerve wracking. Um, did that for a little bit, and I think we had another kid. I can't remember. It gets fuzzy there. You know you had a kid, just didn't know when, basically. I think I, yes, I think I had another kid around age 30, yes. That and one, then... That, that one. Yeah. That one kid. I homeschooled for like seven years. What? Yeah. I was... Yeah, I didn't wear... Wait, I, knew, I didn't I know have that. a bun I knew that actually. Okay. in my hair or a jean skirt, but I was still a homeschooler, <laughs> officially. Um, Wait, David, then, you were homeschooled. Did your... Did y'all have? Did your mom have jean skirts? Uh, all the jean skirts. A jumper, really? A jumper and a bun. Yeah, big old bun. Yeah. Wow. Um, cool. No, we didn't. So you're so. Oh wait, what? No, we were normal. I always. School in my pajamas every day. I'm not gonna lie. I always imagine you as a little house on the prairie kind of homeschooler, David. Oh yeah. Like that makes sense. Like that analogy. Like making just... our own laundry soap. <laughs> that is true. I have done that before. Wait, what? Yeah, oh, it's pretty awesome. You thought that was a joke. I felt so true. accomplished. <laughs> um, age 30, plugged yeah. in another kid. Is yeah. Chad out of hair at this point? Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> been, he's been out of hair for a few years. The little tagline is going to say, my hair, my hair didn't make it to 30. <laughs> a stiff breeze ended up blowing more off. So. <laughs> Angela talks about blank, blank, and Chad's hair. I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm only obsessed. I'm talking about it, but I don't know. That's how much I love Chad. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I have another kid, actually. Was that the plan? Just random? Uh, to have another? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Oh, yeah, the I, minivan can't be full with I only had three. To, yeah, That's I a had, sedan. I got him on video at Thanksgiving one year, just uh, so everyone so knew he agreed to we were going to have a fourth child. I still I don't know if I... knew that we were going to have a fourth, and we needed to. I don't think you tricked him. I still don't know if I ever agreed to You it. did. I had <laughs> a video. I skirted around it the whole time, and you said, video editing's yes. crazy. Maybe Chad. by maybe by the end of it, I might have said yes. But <laughs> when you have three so close together, the the idea that you're going to have another was like, are we doing this? I think we are. I really want to. <laughs> oh, one time, more, just one. But at this time, there was a gap, so we're in. Like, yeah. we're in this groove. You know, we they can take care of. We take have, care we, of it. We, we, we have we have three. We're in this forever. groove, and <laughs> the thought of having another, you know, the thought of having another baby is like mm-hmm. wonderful, but. I'll keep that in mind that you're at four at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Four kids. And then so uh, ended up finding uh, student ministry, which 
totally lit my fire. I just, uh, there's so much uh, that God had given me as far as gifts and mm-hmm. passions that were awakened when I got to serve with yeah. students. Just getting plugged in, uh, I think, with a leader who is passionate about raising up other leaders, mm-hmm. it, it changed me. It just started yeah. unlocking things that I'm like, okay, this is awesome. What were you doing with the kids or uh, with teenagers, I guess? With teenagers, I was serving with junior high students. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Did they do small groups back then? Yes, okay, which cool. was awesome. Yeah. I love that. I learned I I'm just, very relational. Just started, right? Yeah, I'm a mm-hmm. connector. I just loved all of that. I loved being on the front lines. I loved being able to work directly with the students. Oh, it's awesome. You know, it's great. Around that time, I guess, is when... Granted, I'm, I'm in Arkansas at the time. That's when I basically became, like, a Christian. So, and small groups were starting. Or mm-hmm. small groups were big where I was from. So, it's just cool, actually, seeing, like, I'm trying to imagine the timelines there. Because I yeah. got saved, I think, in 2011. Yeah. 2012, maybe. So, that'd be around that time. You start getting involved in ministry. And this really, like, lights it for you. This really oh, yeah. gets you in charge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was praying, like, okay, Lord, am I going to serve with teenagers? This scares me, so I feel like I should. Mm-hmm. If it's a little <laughs> bit scary, it's probably the right direction. It's probably God. Um, I didn't feel equipped. And I'm, I still remember interviewing with Pastor Sam. And it's just like, I'm 35. Do you think I'm too old? And he's like, no, I think you guys are perfect. I think it's good to see <laughs> Uh, a married Pastor couple. Pastor Sam? Or yeah. you said that. Pastor Sam. <laughs> like, it's good to see a married couple Shout together. Out. It's good to see um, older people serving the Lord and, and mm. you know, caring about younger students. And yeah. I did. So, mm. yeah, it was awesome. So, during this time, though, and we talked about you had another kid, you had a fourth, but then mm-hmm. number five, yeah. final one, at least, I don't know for now, pops yeah. up in this time. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Uh, yeah, sort of an unexpected, I say unexpected adoption. I knew we were going to have another kid, but I knew I was done birthing them. I'm not, it's not my favorite thing. But like do. you weren't, <laughs> like you knew it was adoption, but like you weren't sure it was adoption? Uh, I knew I wasn't going to birth a child, but I just had this feeling that we were going to have another kid. And I think I remember telling him that. Yeah, you did. And uh-huh. I'd even brought up adoption and he was just like, oh, I don't know if that's for me. Uh-huh. I, so I ended up going going to this uh, Joyce Meyer conference out of state. Come on. And she just randomly prayed for people who were thinking about adoption. I told my friend, I've been thinking about it. I feel like I should stand up. And she's like, okay, go at your own <laughs> risk. And so I did. I stood up and like no more than a couple weeks later, this unexpected phone call of, hey, did you know uh, so-and-so is having a problem? Did you know that they're probably going to lose their kid? Mm-hmm. Are you guys open to taking... And like, we didn't even know this was a thing. Mm-hmm. Like we knew there were some problems, but we didn't know that there was the potential of a loss there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so we started down that journey and it was, it was the kind of journey that we were both in on. Like he was like, Oh yeah, we're going to do this. Obviously. You were in agreement on it. Oh yeah. Okay. It, it awesome. wasn't even a question. And Did just, you have to do the whole, like, I, I prayed for this is what God said. I'm going to wait on Shad to say the same thing or how no. did that? Cause a lot of, that's not how a lot of couples do it. They both like yeah. confirm what God's separate. Or did you like say, Hey Shad, God said this. No, we both knew. It was not even a question. He's just, uh, my husband is a loyal, steadfast man. Come on. He is a protector. Mm -hmm. He is a, he's going to take care of his family. And Mm -hmm. so um, our our fifth is uh, a nephew Mm -hmm. by marriage, uh, even though we didn't really know him. So he might as well have been a stranger to us, frankly. Uh, It didn't make it easier, I'll tell you that. Um, but it was, it wasn't even a question in his mind. Of course he was going to take care of another Mm. child. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. That's, that's so manly. I feel so bad about all the hair jokes now. (laughs) Keep them coming, man. I love it. Uh, 
Uh, man. People okay. often forget the quiet ministry of manhood. Oh, I've Not never heard it put all that way. Yeah. Men are out front mm-hmm. and vocal and loud, but there are a lot of men who are consistent and they are foundational yeah, to their good. family. And that's, I think, what he, what he is for our family. Such a blessing. This is a man who's not. Um, <laughs> is not worried about his wife who's out front a lot, who has a more probably outward gift and he's totally confident and supportive in no, all of that. He that never, dynamic's cool cuz yeah, a lot of times also like awesome. in partner like mm-hmm. ministry in a way, like they always put the man up front mm-hmm. and they always, you know, talk to them. Even, I'll even admit it. Like whenever I first came to J High mm-hmm. and y'all were in charge, which we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. I thought like Shad was in charge and which you were both together, but really you were the one that talked. <laughs> yeah. And Shad she, would come in late sometimes she was, she was and so he'd be like, charge. "Sure." Like I'd ask Shad questions first cuz like, yeah, yeah, Shad, but then I was like, "Oh my gosh." Oh, Angela's like if people were to ask me, I'd say Shad and Angela. And eventually, I was like, Ah, Angela runs it. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> he was like way. the steady. Like yeah. he would take care of the logistics, and those are things that are just naturally good for him. But if yeah. you want to talk people, truck. connections, relations, building teams, mm-hmm. all that, um, I have no doubt he can do that stuff. But I don't think he's working, That's not what he working a forty-hour week. Going, her. how can I build this team? I don't think he's thinking <laughs> of that. He's. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely her strength. Yeah, I can. Yeah. She wants to build something. I'll go ahead and stack it up for her. You That's know, awesome. It's I can do that. Yeah, but like everybody likes him. <laughs> usually, like everybody him. likes him first too. <laughs> like I just have a mouth, so usually our people are like, "Oh, she's not my favorite at first. <laughs> I have to grow on you." <laughs> I like y'all. So, so that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you take in, you know, your nephew and yeah. that, you know, finished out your family at least for now. I'm yeah. gonna keep saying. Am I? Can I speak? I don't know if I should speak that, but still, that's We're awesome. Done. Yeah. Oh, you're done? It is oh, done. done. Public We're service done. announcement. Like, I was thrilled that I was healed of the desire to have more kids. I was <laughs> glad it was done. Yeah. You say, yeah. like, it's a bad thing. He, he cured me. Well, I, I started to think, am I always just going to want more kids? What if we have, like, kids we're, forever? We're, we're done having kids, and yeah. I think we're both at the stage now that we're we're excited for 10 years down the road when we're grandparents. Mm-hmm. We're in the thick Not of soon, it. Not soon, though. Not soon, though. No, but okay. we're in the thick of it. Oh, my gosh. You think little kids are hard? Ugh. Yeah. Have a house full of teenagers. And they're all together. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's I different. tell people we're living two lives right now because we have three teenagers and two that are 10. And so we're living the, the teenager and the elementary lifestyle here. And there's yeah. a weird dynamic in the house going on. It's uh, <laughs> When little kids are hard, it's physically demanding. When little kids become teenagers, it's emotionally demanding. Yeah. The amount of coaching, you guys. Oh, my gosh. The amount of coaching. I have to do <laughs> on a regular basis through mm-hmm. everyone's feelings and emotions and issues. Woo. And that's busy. another one where I'm so happy. That's a strength of her <laughs> because it is not a strength of mine. Yeah. That's all. Um, so it looks like, you know, from that victory event and a few transitions, once you like start diving in yeah. life ramps up more. Now you're running your passion while also going into the world of adoption, which that's a, episode for another yeah. day yeah i mean that takes a special kind of person you know for me like and i'll say it like a lot of people a lot of like people my age my generation we're all open to the idea of adoption but it's also like the scariest thing to just casually say i feel like because i also hear like so like how hard it is to adopt it is it is mm-hmm. hard um, even for and for you for your family situation like that doesn't that make it was, easier man and there's a ton of kinship adoption and you don't realize the family dynamic think about the next barbecue the next wedding, the kinds of situations Mm -hmm. you have to walk through when you're involved in a kinship adoption. Um, 
but we're we're living the blessed life because our our girl is is uh, healthy. She's mm-hmm. doing good. Actually, she just had her first baby uh-huh. since oh, wow. uh, since the adoption, and she's Caden's mother. She, yeah. yeah, she's mm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like I, so proud of her. Like she's overboard. She's That's overdoing awesome. it. She <laughs> she's <laughs> she's doing a fantastic job, and to have her support me and the struggles I have with my son, but to also be able to support her and just tell her how amazing she's doing. Yeah. Dude, it's awesome. It's cool. And God like used you right, in that situation. Like, yeah. you know, you almost like she maybe wouldn't have been the woman she is now if y'all hadn't stepped in. Like, she wouldn't have been able to see. Him. Yeah. yeah. So it's a way that God's been able to give her this little gift to still be a, a part in some way, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Cause other than that adoption, it'd be a closed book and she, you know, until he's yeah. 18. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Some years go along and you know, here's Angela gung ho into Christian ministry, into youth. And eventually a few years down the line, yeah. I pop in the picture. We don't talk along, but yeah. I moved to Tulsa. I show up and I mean, from my viewpoint, whenever I got there, uh, y'all had been lead, y'all were in charge of that service and yeah. it'd been a while. And so when I got there, of course, I would have never thought any of this from y'all i would have yeah. never like imagined i show up just because i'm ready to serve and you know i instantly like the dynamic I, this lady's funny she doesn't really care as much and yeah you know, and she gets things done and then and the reason i got you on the podcast i told you before we started recording was you just mentioned once oh yeah i remember like i mentioned that i was going to a victory program and you're like oh, i love victory I, you know i started going there like after my delinquent years and i was like yeah. what but you <laughs> didn't mention delinquent years <laughs> ever again and i was just like you what should have asked. Happened? I, it's not my business. <laughs> One of the things is, it's like not my business. And yeah. so, you know, I didn't know God give me like give me the opportunity to have a podcast. But like, yeah. you know, I was like, you know, I've always thought that back in my head. Because like from, and this is why I kind of had it on a podcast. Because I see the way you run your family. I see the way your marriage yeah. works. I see where you are. And I've, you know, and I tell you, like, I would not have imagined two people that come from dysfunctional families. Yeah. And we're only getting one half, you know. Yeah. We don't even account for, like, half the stuff Shad had to go through. And it's that, you know, God was able to restore things from your past and give you the things that you never had. You're providing that future for honestly, not just your family, but through adoption, you're yeah. you know changing the legacy of like multiple families down the line. Because if Caden hadn't had y'all, his family legacy down the line changes. And so I would never thought any of that was possible. Shoot, when I found out Caden was adopted, I was like, what? I was like, oh, he is tanner than everybody. Lee, <laughs> I'd never even thought about that. With I, I, I feel a strong passion uh, as a legacy changer in my own family. And then mm-hmm. I find that's what I want to do in ministry. And I never thought about that with the adoption. I don't know why, yeah. but duh, like, I don't <laughs> know why that didn't cross my yeah. mind. I, I, I mean, I'm the girl who in her twenties is thinking about what kind of grandmother I'm going to be. Is that not strange? That's mm-hmm. just strange. <laughs> Who's thinking about that? And I think it's, there's a longevity. There's a something about the race of not having uh, a bunch of people older than me to kind of guide us or give us that. Mm. I want to be that for our family. Yeah. So, I'm in it for the long haul. That's awesome. You know? And, you know, it, honestly, we could just stop here just kind of like, this is why I had you. But I think kind of where your life is now mm-hmm. is really cool. Because you said you were homeschooling. I yeah. gave you time to be with your big family. Yeah. So, Shad, you know, blessings that, you know, was able to also support your family yeah. and stuff like that. But eventually God called you to stop homeschooling. Oh, yeah. And he, it, it had become a part of my identity, and it was done. Really? I never, yeah. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> I thought, who who am I if I'm not a homeschooling mom? And I didn't even know that. I didn't even think that. Oh, yeah, there's oh there's so many things. But 
beyond that, I ended up coming on staff at the church. Yeah. And so I never in my wildest dreams did I think I'd be a working mom of five. That's just crazy. So there was a bit of a transition there. I stepped out of the student ministry for a while because there was no way I could have my feet you know, one foot in both worlds. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to be a working mom and take care of my kids and find this new normal. And here's what's great. The transition is done. Mm -hmm. Everyone's done great. It wasn't any of the things that I thought it could be, or um, if God's going to call you to it, he's going to equip you through it. Like you don't have to worry like, oh, well, that wasn't really what I had planned. I want to be a stay at home mom. Um, no, I, it was clear. I knew something was changing. I'm like, this is really weird. Someone says something. Three other people say you, yeah. Have you thought about working at the church? Were you approached or did you apply for something? I was, I was approached at first and literally cried in my closet. Like, Lord, you are not going to make me go to work. (laughs) That that, that wasn't attractive of you at the time. Oh, I know you just had the identity stuff, but yeah, I didn't think you'd be like, no, because most people that like, in the church world, no matter what, like if you're offered a job by the church, people are like, yes. Like, but no, you, you have the opposite. I reluctantly began just walking down a path. Mm-hmm. And then that ended. It didn't It didn't go any further. And I kind of thought, whew, good. <laughs> whew, I'm glad that didn't go exactly yeah, that wasn't as planned. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, I think, was it even a couple of months? Short time later, someone's like, hey. I heard you put an application in for such and such. I want to talk to you about something different. And I was just kind of like... Oh, you had put in an application, oh. though. Yeah, because After they of approached the- you. Oh, you were just like... They approached you like, no, but you're like, fine. But it didn't pan through. So yes. you're like, okay, cool. Thought, okay, cool. Okay, I'm, I'm with Great. you. Great. And, and so this was about a different opportunity. And same thing. I kind of reluctantly start walking it out. And I'm even like, here's why you wouldn't want me. Just kind of... <laughs> just totally not trying to put on... Just I'm being myself. Oh, did you know I got in trouble? Yeah, I got in trouble. Like, I'm just, you know, just trying to be real Because I asked you about that, that check mark. Like, have oh, you ever yeah. had issues? And you were well, just like, I mean, you're going to work at a church. Yeah. What's your testimony? So uh-huh. that's that's a part of, you know, my testimony. But um, it actually has been a really good fit. I've learned from crazy, amazing people. What do you do? Uh, I work for our communications team. Mm-hmm. I work with uh, our designers. Um, I work with our film team. You do like experience stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff that would end up um, on stage or on on screen, I guess you could say. Okay. No, and that's awesome. So, it's just, yeah. you know, girl from so long ago eventually ends up working in a church. Yeah, like, helping well, to manage all the various projects. So, of course, a mom who homeschooled five kids. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of funny. And but. you're in charge of experience, and it's crazy, is the job you're in is basically trying to do what Victory did for you. You're in yeah. charge of somebody having an experience like you had yeah. to come to Jesus, to come down the path. This is like one of the coolest like full circle movements yeah. like in anyone's stories we had. I think that's what's really cool, and that's yeah, also what I wanted. Totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. Totally not. I'm, I'm not on the career track trying to get somewhere. I'm just like, Lord, what are we doing now? Yeah. A lot of that identity stuff has been sort of stripped away. Am I this? Am I that? It's mm-hmm. what, what are we going to do now? And yeah. so my heart now is involved in God Behind Bars. It's a ministry where we take our services, our church service experience behind bars once a week. Yeah. At, we have, we're in, at Dick Connor Correctional and at Eddie Warrior. So mm-hmm. there's a men's prism, a men's medium security, and a women's minimum security. And that has, I feel, the fire just turned way up again just like it was in student ministry of like wow god what are you doing even when i set that down it was lord i thought that was going to be the thing i'd do with my life i would have spent my whole Mm -hmm. life working with students 
That was awesome. But that I was a season. That. It was just a season. Yeah. And then even just coming on staff, and now I'm I'm learning what it looks like to communicate from the stage, mm-hmm. which um, was something I didn't necessarily see coming. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, of course you're working with the communications team, and now you're learning. Chad, to Chad says he did. Chad pointed at me and said he's, he saw it. He's always <laughs> said it. I, I just did. rebuke him. I told, I, told, I told her years ago. I don't know what it was, and it was before any of this ever started. I told her years ago. I just, I just, I see her. Yeah. I see her speaking to numerous people. Yeah. And it's came to fruition. It's come to fruition. It's come full circle. God. Man, to yeah. be, oh, to be able to look at a girl sitting in an orange jumpsuit, sitting in a prison, listening to a service, and be able to say, "Hey." I know what that feels like. Yeah. I know what your daddy did. I know what your home life was like. I know what got you here, but it doesn't have to stay that way. Yeah. You can change it for you. You can mm-hmm. change it for your marriage. You can change it for your kids. There's su- there's just this sort of oppression or this bondage that you'll see it just travel down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Usually it's the mama's in jail. The daddy might be also yeah. and one of the kids. Wow. Man, it's just, it's bull crap. And it's mm-hmm. just... The enemy working in those generational lines mm-hmm. to say, "Oh well, this is all I know. This is what I'm." So, yeah, man, I'm I'm so excited. It's it's helped me make sense of that thing that I went through because mm-hmm. my dad never got in trouble. Why oh, did I? It, it wasn't some generation. Wow, I didn't a, even I didn't even ask that. I didn't think we think don't have of that. a bunch of people in in prison. I'm not familiar with all of that. It was actually just you, basically. Yeah. Wow. I mean, me and my brothers. Okay. We all have taken our turn. So. <laughs> And, you know, it's crazy. Your new normal is God putting you through stuff and it's happening. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. It's awesome to see your story come to a, to a place where you can, where you can use it. So that's awesome. Um, and we could keep talking some more cool things, you know, this is episode about you, but isn't just like praise Angela. It's like praise God podcast. So, uh, (laughs) the other one, praise God podcast. We're going to see this is what God's (laughs) doing. Um, I like to end every podcast with just asking, um, in, in your words, what do you think the story of your life is supposed to be? What's it supposed to be for? I think oftentimes, um, in general, the story of your life will be the thing you probably longed for or were hurt by or feel like you're missing. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about my life, the, f- the feeling that I've always been missing this sort of, um, grandparent person, the the leaders of faith, the leaders that are full of wisdom who've been doing it for years and years and years. Um, that's what I, I hope the story of my life is, is someone who's been doing this a long time, who's continuing to pour out the zeal yeah. and the energy that it takes to run the race all the way. That's what I'm going after. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to go retire. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go retire at the at the <laughs> independent living facility. I, I want Chad's to keep dream. pouring in. Um, I, I want to just squeeze every mm-hmm. bit of what I can out yeah. of this journey. That's that's just my intensity, I think. Uh, yeah. That's just the way I roll. If I'm going to do it, we're going to go all in. Hardcore, gritty yeah. ministry. Yeah, <laughs> so you don't quit. You keep getting up, and you go multiply, multiply, multiply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, this is fun. A lot of... You know, really, it was just like, it went down and went down, but it just kept going up. It's not really a roller coaster. It really just went up. Yeah. So I, I think it's really cool. Y- y'all are really inspiring to me. Y'all have been a great help to me. I mean, me getting plugged in where I am, 
in church was partially because i mean y'all always talk like y'all believed in me so it was cool yeah. and y'all always lift me up and you know, i still have a great relationship with shad i still text him a lot yeah. not as much anymore once loved, football season loved, starts we yeah. loved you from day one <laughs> yeah. from day Thank one you. i mean you were don't embarrass us yeah. i'll try not to <laughs> you were a wonderful wonderful addition yeah. to jay i call you dad because you know my dad's in california and i didn't know any old people at church so <laughs> <laughs> i just i'll call him dad because and he doesn't have hair so <laughs> uh i'll take it uh actually real last question but this one's just more fun um just other people because i can post and say all day but why do you think people should leave a review for this podcast or subscribe um, even I, if you haven't listened to it i know your son has that's why colin's top I four have. you have really i'm not gonna go on a podcast i haven't listened to thank you see that's right some people have i'm not gonna call them out but i say anything where you can support people sharing a story every you know god has walked you through something for a reason it's not to keep it to yourself that's yeah. that's not a that's not a new thing uh that we've been taught but it's like man if you can just hear people's stories mm-hmm. learn from it grow from it it's going to inspire even if it just inspires one person mm-hmm. to get off the couch and go freaking do something with a mess god walked him through then it's worth it yeah so man put some stars on that yeah thank you that's good that'll that'll probably be better than any pitch i got that was real that was cool <laughs> yeah. well it was a fun episode. I really learned a lot. I really I'm glad y'all are in my life. Glad you're on the podcast. Thank so. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So Seriously. Any goodbye words? We love you. I don't. It's okay. End it's, it there. That, I, don't, I don't do hugs <laughs> or feely <laughs> stuff like that. Sorry. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. David, did you? Wow. I didn't know any of that story. I hate you so much. We can. Okay. But did you like that episode that you didn't know? Yeah, it was great. Um, I've known Angela. Uh, the last uh, several people we've had on the podcast are people I've worked with for several years. I've known Angela for a while, and she actually, um, I believe, still does um, hold the same job that I do for a different department okay. at our church. Um, so I actually kind of got to know Angela when I took took that job, and uh, uh, she was um, she was kind of like helping me help me figure out the ropes. So um, that's cool, but. And I think you were talking about it. We kind of chatted a little bit, but the way she brought like a confidence and there was a passion to what she talked about, I think is what really made this a fun episode to record. Yeah, there's uh, there's something about um, about people who who have are very passionate about what they do, but if you don't have the skill level of speaking to back it up, kind of like me, I'll, I'll sit here and talk about something, and I know where I'm going with it, but there's a lot of ums and a lot of buts and a lot mm-hmm. of uh, uh, stumbling around, kind of getting to the point. Uh, Angela, Angela not only has the passion for what she is doing, but she also carries the uh, talent to speak, yeah. her, speak her heart. So, yeah, this was a really fun episode. I think it was great content. I think a lot of people will get something out of it that, you know, we all have these goals, and I think some people are intimidated by their past, by what they've gone through. Like, I can't never have that, or it's going to be an uphill battle. But and Angela's proof that, you know, one thing, she didn't have a great family life, but she is leading her family that's a really cool thing. If you like this episode, you know, like I always say, please re- leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you have to do, please follow it. Uh, this episode, once again, like always, produced by David Anderson, which I'm, I like having you on this outro. Yeah, hey, do what I can. Even, even if you're not a fan, it's not your thing, but I like having you here. Produced by David Anderson, our photographer for this episode, brought to you by Grant Geisbauer. And thanks for listening to Casually Spiritual. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Casually Spiritual Podcast. 
If you like this episode and want to hear more, follow, subscribe, and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and support us by sharing on social media. To stay up to date, follow us on Instagram at Casually Spiritual, on Twitter at This Is The CSP, and leave us a like on Facebook. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Casually Spiritual Podcast. I'm not going to say if there's other guys there to take him, but I'm saying if he is the top one on the board, you take him. No, you take him at the... If he's number one, whoever number one receiver oh, is, you take talk. at the turn of no. turn of the rounds, turn of the rounds. We're End we're, of fan, we're fantasy brothers. Yeah, we always text. So we just back text. to me. Ugh, it's always my choose. Do y'all want? Do y'all watch The Office? I don't oh, know if y'all I have a little bit. Well, there's a scene where Michael, not like Hannah, where Dwight, no, where Michael says, uh, "Do you think smoking drugs is cool?" And I, <laughs> I didn't realize how much of a joke that line was. I thought yeah. what the is cool is the funny part, but. Yeah. Later on, I realized that the smoking drugs is the funny part of that yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. So innocent. <laughs>